our retreat continues. You can think of it in terms of uh, began over two weeks ago, then there was a two-week gap, and now it continues today. Or we can consider that the the retreat is just carrying on. The last two weeks is a, a memory, here and now. Various things were, were gained, things were lost, things were done, things were changed. But here it is, in this moment. The first part of the retreat, the last two weeks, it's a memory. As Lumpur Sumedha would say so often, yesterday is a memory. Tomorrow is the unknown, now is the knowing. We're gathering together for these days of group practice, formal retreat time, bringing the attention to how it is, this body, this mind, the experience of this moment. How is it? The retreat is really an attitude of mind, a quality of citta viveka, mental seclusion, inner seclusion, a quality of disentangling, letting go of the habits of identification so the heart is attuned to the world, knows the world, is participating in the field of Perception, thoughts and emotion, experience. It's attuned to that, but not limited or burdened, not defined by that. Feeling the presence of the body and establishing the sitting posture. Balancing the qualities of energy and relaxation, inviting the body to sit in an upright, energetic way, and around the central column of the spine, just inviting, allowing everything else to relax, to settle. Bringing attention to the different areas of the body, notice where there's feelings of tightness or rigidity, things knotted up or uncomfortable. Notice that. Where the body feels at ease, relaxed, soft. Notice that. So we're receiving the feelings of the body here in this field of awareness. The body is held within this quality of knowing, this open, receptive attitude of the heart. Here is the body, feels like this. And then on that basis of knowing, of receptivity, guiding the body, the posture towards these qualities of energy, alertness, 
relaxation. And bringing the attention to the present, we can use the rhythm of our breathing, the natural qualities of the, the breath's rhythm, letting the body breathe, feeling the body breathe according to its own comfortable, natural pulse. Whether the breath is short or long, deep or shallow, let it be just as it is. The body breathes on its own. You don't have to breathe it. It's a natural process functioning according to its own laws. Or we can use the inner listening. Listening to the nada sound, the inner, the inner ringing tone of the, the nada, the sound of silence. Whatever method we find most accessible, useful, to bring the attention to the present and to help it to be steady there, to settle there. And during the, the day, as the time of formal practice continues, as and when you find the attention is well grounded, settled, steady in the present, even if there's moments of distraction, there's a loud sound we hear, or a, a strong sensation, feeling a pain in the body, or a startling thought, colorful image appears in the mind. If we find that we can still stay fairly centered, steady, attentive to the present, Despite the changes of perception, we can know, oh, here's a, a wave of thought arising, here's a, a wave of feeling, an emotion, a memory. Here's an interesting shape, a beautiful color, a strange sound. Here it is. Establishing attention in the present or concentration doesn't mean necessarily being fixed on a single object. Even when something arises that catches the attention, as long as there is the knowing, oh, the mind is caught by this pattern of thinking, this strong emotion, this colorful form, then essentially the, uh, the mind is aware of the reality of the present. We don't have to think of that as losing the, the track of the meditation. As the attention is more and more grounded in the present, more steadily, completely, then we can deliberately open the field of attention so that we're not endeavoring to concentrate on the footsteps or the, the rhythm of the breath or the nada sound, but rather the, the whole quality of the present, the field of perception in this present reality becomes the meditation object. What Lumpur Samedha would call 
the point that includes. We try to focus the attention on a single object like the breath or the nada sound. You call that the, the point which excludes. It's fixing on a single simple object. But when the attention is steady, then that, that focus can be broadened, expanded. So the whole of the present reality becomes the object of meditation. The sound of an aeroplane going overhead, feelings in the body, the sound of my voice, different waves of emotion, anticipating, remembering, imagining. All of those forms can arise within this space of awareness, be received into the open heart and let go of. And similar to the breath, it can be held in that same kind of a way, breathing in the present moment. Breathing it in, taking it in, knowing it. Being nourished by that knowing. Letting it all go, breathing it out. So there's an open-hearted attitude towards the flow of experience, the patterns of perception. Establishing this quality of open-heartedness or open awareness, there needs to be a... uh, a sincerity in that, or to be as completely uh, unbiased in that. The things that we like, the things that we dislike, the things that are familiar, the things that are strange, the things that are challenging, the things that are encouraging. To genuinely develop insight, to develop wisdom, to really free the heart, there needs to be a, a real unbiased unselective openness, whether it's sweet or bitter, strange or familiar, and it's, the heart is open to it, receptive to it. It's ready to attune to it. A sound, a a sensation, a flavor, a smell, a thought, an emotion, a memory, whatever it might be, And the more open-hearted, the more unbiased the attitude can be, then the more completely the, the suchness of all experience, the empty nature of all experience, can be realized. If the mind is selective and wants to grab hold of certain delightful things and keep them, wants to push away things that are threatening or painful, wants to push them away because they're unwanted, unlikable. If the mind abides in that kind of partiality, that discrimination, then there isn't a full quality of freedom. There isn't a full awareness. The mind is still being born into particular sankharas, particular forms. It's taking birth in a like or a dislike.
or the more that there can be the establishment of this attitude of open-heartedness, receptivity, then there's a, a spaciousness, a freedom. The heart is attuned to the, the colors, the flavors, the textures of experience, the waves of feeling and sound and smell and taste and touch. But it's not limited by those, not burdened or bound by those perceptions, those ideas or feelings, memories, emotions. It's attuned to them, but not limited by them. Now, Buddha knowing, it knows the world, this vijjadhatu, the knowing element, the awake, aware element, that is the Buddha quality. It knows the world, but it transcends the world. Fully attuned to the world, immanent, participating, but without entanglement, without identification or grasping. There is the quality of vijja, knowing, and charana, activity or engagement. These are qualities of this awake, aware heart. So the more we are able to develop the process of insight, the quality of insight, it manifests in the sense of vijja and charana, knowing the world, but not limited or burdened by the world attuned to it, fully open to it, but not stressed by it. This is the embodiment of the, the Buddha quality. This is the potential that our lives have. And to support that quality of disentangling or seeing where the areas of attachment to what we like, what we dislike, and we use the reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta. These are the tools that we consciously use to help free the heart from its entanglements, its identifications. These are to be understood as, as tools to carry out a particular uh, task of disentangling, of freeing that which is stuck. They're not philosophical positions to think about or attach to. They're not opinions, but a, a toolkit, like a screwdriver or a spanner, a tire lever. You get between the rim of the wheel and the, and the rubber of the tire to get the tire off so it can be changed. Like a spanner to take the, the nuts off the, the wheel to to take it off the car and change the wheel. The reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta are just like that. They're tools that can be applied to areas where the mind gets stuck. Stuck on liking, on disliking, on having, on not having, approving, disapproving. So during the course of the day when the attention is settled, steady, you find you can open the heart, open the field of awareness to the, the whole flow of, of perception and feeling. 
Then we apply these uh, considerations, these reflections upon anicca, dukkha, anatta. Not do I like it or not like it, but is it changing? Not is it inside or outside, but is it changing? Not is it expected or unexpected, but is it changing? This delicious flavor, is it something that can be permanently satisfying? Or does that, wow, this is delicious. How long does that last? Could it stay for 10 minutes, an hour? To reflect on dukkha, the inability of any experience to permanently satisfy, to completely, absolutely satisfy. And anatta, to reflect. Is there an owner of these feelings? Is there a me who is practicing? Is there an I who is the perceiver? Is there a me who hears the sound of this voice? A me that owns these sensations in the body? Is there? Are these tools of, of anicca, dukkha, anatta, uncertainty, or change, unsatisfactoriness, not self, these are tools that are, are available to bring to the areas of attachment, liking, disliking, inside, outside, coarse and fine, pure and impure, wanted, unwanted. Applying those tools to where the mind gets stuck. And then in the application of those, like taking the the nuts off a, a wheel or getting a, a, the tire off the wheel rim brings a particular result. So the point of applying these reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta is not just repeating the words or sticking a label on a particular experience, but rather it's the change of heart that comes through applying that. That's the point of it. And the question is aroused, who is owning this practice? I say, I'm practicing, this is my mind. What is it that does the owning? Oh. That oh, that moment of recognizing there isn't really a person that could own anything and no thing can really be owned. Oh. That oh is the point of the whole reflective exercise. It's a change of heart, a different way of seeing, different way of being. That's the point. So in the development of vipassana, insight meditation, it's not just the application of the tools that is important, but the change, the transformation of the heart, of the attitude that comes from that. That's the point. That's the real essence, the real value of applying this practice. So during the course of this day, in those moments of developing this, uh, this skill, this practice, notice those moments of clarity, even if it's just a second, half a second, a finger snap. Notice the quality of the heart when that grasping stops, when it sees things differently. How is that? 
is a sense of simplicity, spaciousness, no sense of self, a naturalness, a brightness. Notice that. Let that be the the ground of experience, the ground, the basis of by which you measure liking and disliking, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. Let that be recognized as the, the nature of mind. The nature of the heart, when it's free of grasping, is just like this. There's purity, simplicity, peacefulness, no boundary. <laughs> 